Hi guys, welcome to the Afterguide podcast. This is our second episode. Today we're talking about writing your own syllabus. My name is Victoria. My name is Robert Kane. And let's get into it. So, how are you? I'm good. I'm yeah. chilling. Just got back from Thanksgiving, spending time with fam. So that's going, that's going well. Mm. Life is good. What you, about you? You left. I stayed. I stayed behind and my mom and my sister actually came up uh, to meet me here. So, you know, it's, it was date. Mm-hmm. I think that's the appropriate word for our Thanksgiving. It was very intimate. And my whole goal for this year's Thanksgiving was just to have a Zen mentality. So we rested really well we ate really well yeah you Um, did because you saved me a plate your sister saved me a plate and it was good it was good i I didn't know because i'm vegan so elizabeth she refused to um you know compensate to make everything vegan but she made some dishes for me and that's why i'm so grateful but yeah other than that we all had a really great time it was it's nice. That's good. Yeah, spending time with fam, it's super important, obviously. Sometimes when you're hustling, it can be a lot. But for me, I know it was great seeing my mom, great seeing my dad. I spent Thanksgiving with my parents and then also my aunt also came over for dinner. And so hadn't really seen them in a minute. And so it was nice being able to reconnect with them. I know the holiday season, sometimes it can bring up traumatic emotions every now and then and yeah. so it, yeah <laughs> it could be a Those lot there. they were there yeah, yeah but it's mm-hmm. also good to to just go in in periods and spurts <laughs> and then dip back out and right. leave so like yep. i was only there back home in arkansas for mm-hmm. a week and that's honestly all the amount of time i need to, yeah, to spend the four, there four days was enough for me right yeah, okay it was just it four was days for you right just enough. yeah uh, i don't think any longer would have been too much um any less would have been too little much of time mm-hmm. but um, yeah, you mentioned to me earlier before this rolling that, you know, sometimes stepping away and then getting back to ground one, like centering yourself after seeing family, that's, there's a little bit of a, a little bit of a process there as well. And so I, once they left, it was kind of like a reminder as to what I'm here for right? and what I need to do. It probably will stem from trauma. That's what family is sometimes. I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of pressure to, to please them. I think that's me speaking personally. There's the pressure to provide for them. And whenever you return, you kind of are reminded of where you come from. There's good aspects and bad aspects to that. And I know for me, a lot of the reasons that motivate me to to work hard and to succeed is to one day be able to provide for my mom and for my dad in the way that they provided for me. And so it's certainly bittersweet. Mm -hmm. And there's also other emotions that are coupled with returning to to Arkansas for me. Returning and being grown. Right, right. Yeah, because there's a difference. There's a a difference. (laughs) Because you also realize there's like this want or desire to be like this perfect fam. And it's like, hold on, let's not, we're not going to. That's not a thing a lot of times. Yeah, there's like a little bit of a, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Like I felt showy in Mm -hmm. a way, like this is supposed to be perfect. Everything's supposed to be right. I was kind of getting that drift from my mom, but. um, In terms of how Thanksgiving needed to happen, in terms of how you and your sister needed to to behave or be experienced DC together because they hadn't been here yeah, yeah, before. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of 
plans that were made together. I mean, you know, America does an amazing job showing us on what Thanksgiving is supposed to look like. And <sighs> unfortunately, a majority of America doesn't actually look like, you know, a big table, a beautiful home and a lot of food on the table. So I'm sure everyone saw that tweet about black people don't care about no pilgrims. There's cultural reasons as to why we get together every Thanksgiving. We're not worried about the whitewashed version of Thanksgiving. That's that's not what we're getting together to spend time with family for. There's there's other reasons as to why as to why we do that. And right. so Right. But sometimes family will try to emulate that picture. Of and course. So I remind mine. I'll say that to right. my no, dad. No, no, we'll, we'll say like, yo, we ain't perfect. And we're not perfect. I'm not here trying to really, you know, do the pictures. Mm-hmm. Some of us just want to sleep. We want to sleep. We want to relax. We kind of just want to be too, yeah. just to exist. Some There's a lot that goes into preparing the food. It's good food. I love eating it. But in terms of the planning and all of the get togethers, sometimes the holiday season is just the perfect t- chance to rest yeah. and to recalibrate so that you can come back exactly. ready for what's next in life. Right. But after you, you know, graduate and then you were saying earlier, you come back, you're now grown, mm-hmm. you've graduated and it feels as if the dynamic shifts a little yeah. bit, right? You're, you're no longer the, the kid that they were raising for 18 years, for 20 years, whatever that is. You're, you're now a full adult and there's somewhat of new expectations that, that come with that, that act as a, a constant reminder, even after you return, even after we're back here, yeah. we've, we finished Thanksgiving, we finished the holiday season and now, now what's next? Once we all got on the same page that, okay, we're not going to do the whole shebang. We're going to sleep a majority of the day. We're not going to go around town, like taking photos. We're not going to go shopping. We're just going to be indoors and rest and I'm going to do my nails. Like something super simple. Once we all got on the same page that like, okay, our version of Thanksgiving can look like this. And then I can be like this. I can be in my, you know, in my own living my, yeah. my own truth. And you just accepted me and it and this moment for what it is. We were, we had so much fun. Beautiful. We left on good terms. And that's all you can ask for right. at the end of the day, just leaving on good terms. You want to feel refreshed. That's the whole point. I think. Mm-hmm. And with holiday season, there's a host of emotions that, that can come with it. Mm-hmm. I know for my family, my mom specifically, in the past, we really didn't do a lot of big dinners together with my mom and my dad. And so they were super excited to be able to do this dinner. And I was too. It was great to be able to spend time with my close family in that way, because growing up, I didn't really have a lot of those moments to cling to. And so it was great to create that new memory during this Thanksgiving season. Mm-hmm. And so for that, I'm, I'm very grateful and also i want to give a shout out to we released our first episode and i want to say thank you to all the support that people Mm -hmm. gave us we really appreciate it it meant a lot to us we launched it here we were up super late the thanksgiving eve not thanksgiving eve but after we returned december 3rd yeah our first episode episode, but i was even thinking before that our trailer dropped the trailer yeah so much love and support Mm -hmm. Both moments. I'm again. I cannot stress this enough. I yeah. just feel the love. Yeah. Thank you. I'm thinking. I'm thinking of my dad. I'm thinking of your mom. I'm thinking of my mom. Yeah. Everyone was just asking, please send us the link. Send us the links. We want to share it. We want to send it out. And so we appreciate it. In terms of holiday stuff, though, going back to how we're feeling after returning from that from the holiday season and things like that, I want to check in. I want to see how you're doing. There's this thing that I did with my resident assistant supervisor when I was back at university, and it's called Percentage Presence. And at the start of every meeting, 
we would basically check in with each other. All of the resident assistants as well as the supervisors would give a percentage from zero to 100 on how they're feeling. And for us, we mainly did it collectively. There wasn't anything that kind of segmented it, but I want you to think about how you're feeling mentally, emotionally, and physically. And if you could rate those from zero to 100. Zero to 100. Yeah. Right. Um, emotionally, I'm not going to start with emotionally. I'm going to start with physically. Physically, I feel like... <laughs> <laughs> We've been going to the gym. We've been, We've been going to the gym, although we skipped yesterday. But... I skipped yesterday, but I've been showing up for myself every damn near every day. And I'm pretty proud of that. And I'm not going to try to shy away from that. So I'm going to say physically, I'm feeling really good. I'm about uh, 85, 90, mm -hmm. 85, 90. Yeah. And it's not only about just feeling good, but I'm also pushing myself. I think, um, you know, I, don't, I never want to just be like, okay, I think I'm where I want to be. Like I'm, I was an athlete. And so that mentality of just like pushing your body even further to do something cool or something dope has not gone away. Um, so I have new goals. I want to be able to do the splits. So I'm on the, hey. you know, so on that journey, I just feel good. I feel really good. I feel in the moment with my physical being. What's the other one? Emotionally Emotional. and mentally. Mentally. Oh, mentally, I feel good as well. It's doing, I'm going to give it a 90. I've worked really hard on meditating in the morning and in the evening and then um, doing a long walk and putting those three together I just really anything that like kind of comes my way I'm able to see it come in slowly and you know take it in um, and reflect on it and like move forward as well so my pace is steady it's not fast it's not slow and I'm just trusting that um, and with a lot of trust in that you get a lot of peace so I'm gonna have to say 90 for that emotionally uh, emotions is constantly changing, so I'm gonna give it a seventy. Okay. But it's it's pretty it's pretty happy a lot of the time. I'm gonna give it a solid seventy. But you know we're human. Sometimes something happens and it triggers something that's deeper than that we even know. And um, and it might be lingering there too. Us, yeah, I can't afford. Um, what is it? Counseling. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> therapy can't afford therapy it right now. Right, solid seven. Or maybe you can't afford it. You just don't want to cough up the money for it right now. Right, you're prioritizing yeah, elsewhere right now. Moment. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep doing the home remedies. Yeah. In the meantime, that's what we got. Yeah. What about you? So you have the three. The three. Emotionally and mentally. Like you, I was also an athlete and still working out. We're going to the gym five days out of the week normally, and so honestly. There's a picture of me that I took in Prague. I'm shirtless. It's black and white. It was taken by one of my photographer friends when I was in Prague studying abroad. Uh -huh. And that picture is honestly just a reminder of where I want to be physically. Yeah. And I think that I'm getting back to that point. I'm Ooh. really, really close. I'm chiseled in that picture. Six pack is there. This. You've seen it. It's on the IG. <laughs> if you haven't, yeah. check it out. Yep. It's there. But for me, just in terms of my peak physical performance, I feel like that's where I was at the top. And Can I feel I like I'm very I close, love? please. I love that you're following a photo of yourself. Mm -hmm. Like so many people, they're trying to reach a goal of another person or like another picture. And I'm like, why are you chasing something that is not even you? Like, right. I, I love that anyway. I appreciate that. I think yeah, that's important. That's and like your goal should be yourself. And even though I'm talking about a picture of me, I do definitely look at other people's bodies sometimes. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I'm trying to get there too. Right. But, but in, your own in my own personal way, journey, yeah. I'm reflecting on an image of myself. And mm -hmm. so... 
for me, physical, I'm gonna give it. I'm gonna give it a ninety three percent. I'm gonna give it a ninety three. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna do okay. like ninety ninety five. Like somewhere in the middle there. Ninety three percent. So it's really up there. I like it. Very happy with the body right now. So <laughs> mentally, mentally, and emotional, I think they kind of go hand in hand a little bit. And so mentally, I'm going to focus on how I'm doing professionally with work. A while ago, I was working full time and we made a choice. I made a choice to, to leave that position. And I love the people I was working with. I love the work that I was doing. But something in me told me that there was something else I should be doing. And I'm sitting here doing it right now. And for that, I'm definitely going to give mental a 90%. That is so Because I feel like I'm living beautiful. out or getting closer to the vision that I really want for myself. Yeah. I'm beginning to freelance a little bit more. Clients are starting to reach out a little bit. And that's just such a heartwarming feeling for me because after I graduated, it didn't feel as though that reality would be so close by. But here it is. It's coming forward full circle. And so 93 for physical, 90 for mental. Emotional girl. That'd be a different story. That'd be a different story. We just got back from Thanksgiving. Holidays for me aren't always the most uplifting of times. And so I think I'm going to give that category a 75%. Okay. I think my emotions, I'm also a Pisces. I feel mm, like we're very true. emotional. I feel everything, not just my emotions, the emotions of other people, yeah. the emotions of the people that I'm interacting with. And so I'm constantly just on a wave of emotions and from day to day sometimes I might not know how I'm going to feel but 75% is, is where I'm at where I'm at with that from seeing family from locking into to some personal projects with you and then on, on the side as well yeah. and all of that makes me really happy and excited for for where I'm at in this season of my life that's a great average of numbers I think so um especially for again, this after-grad moment, I think it, it can always be better, of course. Right. But, like, I'm pretty proud of our numbers. I'm proud of our numbers, too. Yeah. That that speaks to just how we're doing right mm -hmm. now and, and where we're at. I think everything was above a 50. Everything was above Hello. a 75. And so we passed. Are you guys passing? Yeah. So check in. Check in with yourself, you know. Are you? Are you? If not, talk it out with someone, you know, don't internalize it as well. And if you don't have someone to talk it out with in the moment, maybe journaling. Journaling's not for me necessarily, but you journal. I, yeah, I can attest to that because sometimes I am private, but I'm actually extremely private. So even when I go to people, I still don't feel resolved. Um, so journaling for me is just a, it's an outlet that I go to at least once a week to really configure out my thoughts because I'm an extreme overthinker. Um, and then I don't even want to put that on other people. So if, you know, I can also relate to someone who just doesn't want to seem selfish. It's not a selfish thing though, to talk to someone, but sometimes you feel that way. And journaling is just a space where I can be as selfish quotes, air mm -hmm. quotes as I want, um, in terms of figuring things out. It sounds like journaling for you is an emotional outlet yeah. and it's a way that you can kind of you said you're extremely private, but yeah. that journal is also another layer of that private space. The journal is kind of a way for you to flesh out what's happening in your mind. Yeah. And it's a, it's a safe space. I think we talk about creating safe spaces with other human beings. But for yeah. you, it sounds like journaling 
is your own personal safe space for your emotions Mm -hmm. to confide in. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it kind of, this is a perfect leeway into what we're talking about today, uh, writing your own story. And what What that looks like. like? It's different for every person. Really is. Mm -hmm. Um, We both went to small liberal arts colleges, mm -hmm. right? And one thing I was thinking about as we were drafting this topic is how we both had to find ways at these universities that didn't really cater to our interests. I know you talk about your fashion interests. For me, it was media and photography. Mm-hmm. Some of the classes that I was taking, they didn't really necessarily cater to what I was interested in in the moment. And so thinking about how I wanted to live professionally afterwards, a lot of what I was doing throughout university was kind of cultivating my own academic and professional experience mm-hmm. through various internships, through studying abroad, mm-hmm. through speaking with people that didn't necessarily attend my university just to create a more of a creative environment for myself because I felt like it wasn't always available to myself at university. What did that look like for you? I do want to I want to I want to ask one question before we get into that. Mm-hmm. Did you already know your story? Did you feel like you already knew what was meant for you when you were younger? Let's say, let's just go back before college. Yeah. Did you already feel like you knew, really? Not at all. No, no. You Cert- just had like a direction, and then as you went into college, it was like creative? I know you mentioned science. Okay? Yeah, yeah, no, that's literally what I was about to talk about. I was going to talk about my interest in science. I think for me, I wanted to be a doctor. That's what I saw for myself. I was good at science. And to this day, science is the thing that kind of just clicks in my head when we're when I'm thinking about it. I Concepts that are pertaining to biology and chemistry, that always just made total sense to me. But for whatever reason internally that just didn't feel like what I needed to be doing what I needed to spend time on I think that speaks to how sometimes you might be good at something but that might not necessarily be what you're called to do and for me that was a dialogue internally that I had with myself that that's really cool and that'll always be there if I'm ever interested in having conversations about it but professionally on my journey that's not what I think I was called to do Mm -hmm. I feel as though there was something else and for me it's media media photography more specifically when did media hit the scene in your mind to the summer the summer summer, right before before university okay right so after i graduated high school was it a moment a feeling have you heard of this girl shameless maya yeah you have okay so she was really pivotal for me Mm -hmm. her journey just she had purple hair hair at one point yeah kind of short black and filipino yeah, yeah. She, she cut it short, right? She did. Yeah, she yeah. did all types of hairstyles. I told her because I wanted to cut my hair too. Oh, okay. I did. did. you? Okay, I was about to ask. Did you do it? What <laughs> I color did you dye it? Um, I, I did a lot of different colors. I did green at one point. I did a blonde. I was very... I, I'm still going to go short. Like, yeah. I know I know for sure that was not a phase. I just decided to grow my hair out, but eventually, very soon, I'm cutting this hair off. I believe it. I'm about to cut my hair, too. It's been growing out Y'all a little bit. I'm not going to give you all, all the details coming. yet, but we got a new hairstyle coming. I've had this hairstyle for the past five years, I think, mm-hmm. so I'm a little nervous about yes, cutting it all off. For the after-grad For the after-grad moment. moment. Yeah, it's yeah. appropriate, I think. So I'm looking maturing. forward to it. Yeah, maturing. I, for me, my hair, I hated my hair actually growing up yeah I just for whatever reason just didn't vibe with it I didn't I didn't like it I guess I felt like it just didn't suit me the hairstyles and because I didn't feel like my hair suited me at the time I wouldn't take care of it Mm. but after I got this kind of faux hawk look Mm -hmm. I just felt so in my skin Mm. and 
for whatever just reason you've been with for a long time been with it since senior year of high school wow. yeah yeah and i feel like senior year of high school was a pivotal moment for me in terms of just my confidence journey mm-hmm. i really just again locked in to my 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 power and stepped into my skin i felt like for the longest time i was living an out of body experience mm-hmm. the self esteem wasn't there the mm-hmm. confidence wasn't there the assuredness wasn't there mm-hmm. but for me, a component of it was the hairstyle. Mm. And I just felt really cool with the new hair. Yeah. And it felt like it felt like me. And I've had this hairstyle for all of college, but now I'm an aftergrad and I'm ready to switch it up yes. a little bit. <laughs> but that. yeah, going back to, to like yeah. Shameless Maya, yeah. she just really influenced me. I stumbled upon her YouTube channel and just went down a rabbit hole, was just consuming her content. And I just love what she stands for, just promoting yourself, being shameless about what you want, what you want for your life. And that message resonated with me. And after you graduate high school, that can be a time where you're being very self-reflective, introspective, trying to decide, what do I want to do in college? What do I want to major in? What does my life need to look like? Yeah. And for me, that's when I said, okay, I have I have things to say. I, I have something personal that I think I can bring to the world. And I felt as though media and creativity and art was a possibility that I could use to to share that. And so that's really what led to me deciding to, to, I guess you could say, write that story, write my professional story Even through media. Even in the midst of you thinking that you wanted to be a doctor at one point, did you have like little creative outlets to on the side younger? Younger for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to draw. I used to draw and I used to paint. Mm-hmm. I was really into Dragon Ball Z mm-hmm. growing up and a lot of the characters that I would draw and comics that I would draw kind of mimicked that that style the naruto another anime show dragon ball z another anime show my art at the time mimicked that style because that's what i was really i was consuming Mm -hmm. in that moment and so definitely i think when i reflect art and and media that's really what my younger self felt as though i should be doing i took a break for a little bit but I then later realized that, no, 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 I think your younger self might have had something, might have known what you really needed to be doing. Yeah. And so I just trusted it. And I'm so grateful that I did. And I know a lot of people who are pursuing medical school and power to them. We need good doctors who right. are invested. And, and I tr- love that. It's for them. It's for them. It's for and them. I can't they, wait to see what they, they do and the lives that they save. Yeah, I, I'm going to harp on that, the trust part um, in finding your... It's maybe not even writing your story. It's like finding your story or refinding it because sometimes I'm a believer that we already know from day one who we're supposed to be, but like society changes us. Um, and then people make us doubt. Um, there's so many factors in which when we're growing up that can alter and shift your mind to think a certain way and so many customs and you know, the stereotypes, yada, yada, I can go on and on, but it was similar for me in the such, it was like finding pieces and then trusting it. Mm. Um, I, my little pieces were that stand out to me was seven. Um, you were seven would, years old. Yeah. Okay. Was seven. And my mom would take us to the library every weekend and I would get the same book. <laughs> Which book? Do you remember? Okay. Um, it's like a little cartoon book. It was an elephant. Mm. Um, those who are really OGs know I like really had a passion for elephants at the time, and I just love this cartoon. I, yeah, seven. So that's accurate. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I would get the same book every weekend, and my mom was like, "Okay, you got to get something else." And um, yeah, push yourself. I was like, "Okay," um, but I'm very picky. I like what I like, and I like to. I don't change it if I like it, and so. I was wandering around, none of the books were standing out to me, and I'm a very visual person on site, you know, 
I'll look at the cover. Yeah. I was judging books by cover mm. for sure when I was that age. And I went into like the kids section and I saw these books with um, pinion, but, but at the time I didn't know what it was. So it was like these look like scratch scratch, but mm-hmm. it just looked so cool to me. It looked like buildings. Um, it looked like architecture. It, it had like a modern design. It was just, it really sparked my imagination in terms of just how it was or, or, orientated. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so that was Mandarin and that's when I fell in love with Chinese and speaking Mandarin, yada, yada. It was solely from the aesthetic at first, but then it, it trickled down into other things and I got to know more about the culture and I realized that not a lot of people know about this area of the world. This was probably like around 2004, um, you know, their economy, that huge spike didn't hit until like 2008 where like everything made in China, yada, yada, that mm-hmm. huge spike. So there was no really reason as my attraction, but I followed it and I liked it and I knew I liked it. I did not know that I was coming on to something. Not until down the road did people like actually think it was something that was useful. Like my dad was even deterring me and he, he, he'll tell the story too. He mm-hmm. was like, Victoria, you're not going to speak Chinese or you're not going to speak Mandarin because your mom doesn't speak it. She can't teach it to you. My mom speaks Spanish. So um, you're going to learn Spanish, yada, yada. You live in Texas Everyone is about to start speaking Spanish. That's what you're going to learn. And I was like, no, I cried um, about it. And so not <laughs> we laugh now. Right. Not until high school, past. people at his job were like, oh, she's learning Mandarin? Like, oh, that's going to be so good for business. And he would come home and be like, keep learning Mandarin, girl. I'm like, yeah, please. <laughs> please get out, get out of my face. But that was one um, big moment. Another big moment was with fashion and design. I could draw. <laughs> I have family members who are such great creative people. and Your cousins, right? My you told, cousins, you told, if you're listening, yeah. I, y'all mean so much to me. Like, they're just so talented, them in particular, when I was younger. Um, and so I didn't think I was a creative because they were just so great and so... Do you still have that mentality that you don't think that you're a creative? I know you're talking about in the past. It took me a while. It took me a while to even say confidently that I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. It, I'm... Because I feel like, like that's a ba- that's a battle. Yeah, it is a battle. The, the... I didn't really consider myself a creative probably until this year. I'm still trying to get comfortable even saying that. Right. Because I would see so many other people make these just amazing things. And I just feel like I can't compare. Like, yeah. how dare I call myself an artist? Mm-hmm. But along the journey and, like, how I think and then how I execute things, even if it wasn't on a piece of paper drawing, it was how either I was speaking to someone or how like an imagination or a vision would spark in my head yeah. and I'd be like, Oh my God, it's like, it's hitting it's me right you now. See it. You like, see it so you clearly. Vibe? And then like, I would, I would vibe with so many creative people. That's the thing that would confuse me. I'd be like, okay, God, why <laughs> do I have any like artistic, you know, mediums that yeah. like, I really can specify in and like harp on to showcase that I am an artist because I'm connecting with so many artistic people. And so that didn't add up. So for a long time I avoided it. I avoided that side of me and it didn't help that I was also an athlete. Right. Um, Likewise, that, that was a I huge thing totally for me. So that. I didn't even have time to begin like playing with all the different mediums um, that I could have possibly explored yada yada because I was so focused on a sport. Uh, so that really deterred me from the art realm. Did it also deter your Mandarin or from that seventh grade, that seven year old moment, um, did you kind of still stick with Mandarin? Mandarin just was consistent. Okay. It was always life. there for so, you. So like, I, First year, I was self-teaching. I was just, like, playing a CD over in my head. It was not nothing much. 
then my parents realized, okay, this is not a phase. And then I begged them for Rosetta Stone. And then my, one of my birthdays, my godparents, I love them. They got me Rosetta Stone. <laughs> then I did that for a year. And then I wanted to go harder. And so like 12, they let me go to like a Mandarin school. That was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Where you were just taught Mandarin months. or was it just... Yeah, so you're in a... Yeah, so everyone's... They're speaking Mandarin okay. to you. And that... Yeah, I was very deterred at that rate but then you enter high school that's where i really kind of stepped away mandarin kind of really went on the back burner mm-hmm. because um <laughs> in texas it's only spanish french and uh, sign language so another society thing that's just, already set it's limiting it's, it's exactly so it i pushed it back i pushed it away so i, I you know got away from something that i loved um but it stayed. The love was still there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Clearly. Spanish, yeah. You're just still pursuing it. Knew. The Spanish <laughs> You don't want to be here. I beautiful <laughs> language. Don't get me wrong. But it just was not for me. My tongues could not do that. Right. Um, and I don't know how you do Mandarin. I, I was taking Spanish when I was in I high school and college. I, I still don't know. Well, you're I doing it. Know. You're making it work. Because you're this <laughs> joke. If you're listening to this, you know, I don't know. Like, um, I had my struggles. I still have my struggles. Um, but learning the language is just an uncomfortable process. And that's something weirdly I like about it. But anyway, I did deter from it, came back to it, um, going, looking at colleges. That was one thing I was like, I want them to have a good um, international Mandarin program. Um, that was at the top of my list because, and actually that was the only thing I was following. Mm-hmm. That's the only piece of myself that I had left coming out of high school. And it was still even faded. I was like, this is the only thing I, I know for sure. I kind of still love and I want to, get into it fashion was there too but i chose to ignore that mm-hmm. society pressure as well um was there a reason as to why you chose to ignore yes, it i didn't think people took it seriously okay i have really high dreams and before college i had these visions of like what i'm doing where i am um who i'm working with and they were big visions like big big dreams and i didn't think fashion could get me to that vision I had in my head. It just didn't seem logistically right. Um, so now I'm just figuring out to see how that how it's gonna turn out. But um, uh, so therefore I avoided fashion. I let that piece of me go. Again, back at being an athlete, you don't have you don't get many moments to dress up. You don't really get many moments to you know, put a fit together. I didn't have sneakers. My sneakers were like the new Adidas that could slide across clay, clay courts, you know, like that was the only time I really expressed, but it was in the incremental moments because the parts I loved about tennis were telling that I loved fashion. Right. You came out, you wanted a cute fit. You wanted a bag. Lululemon. (laughs) I wanted the new part. Like I really loved the orientation of a fit just in the Wimbledon. Like I love seeing the white dresses. That's the stuff that it, like ignited me and I was like oh my god I cannot wait ice skating I would watch the Olympics and it was the fits I was always just focused on their fits and so that was and then there was one moment I was invited to like a party um it was a tennis party but it was like a one chance to dress up and I was so excited I was like yes I had so much fun putting the fit together and then like getting there was like a lot of significant people in the room and they were like whoa what are you wearing like they thought it was couture but i just like did a remix on the dress Mm. that was a huge moment and this was right before committing to a school um that i was like i really 
That's what you need to be doing. I guess I kind of do have maybe a little something for fashion and maybe I should. But again, I still put it aside. But that was a moment where like I was like, maybe I can do something because in that room, I got to meet a lot of people who were in the fashion industry who were doing amazing things and Mm -hmm. were living out the visions that I hope to, you know, live out for myself. So you put it to you put it to the side when you were searching for colleges because you said that you were looking for it wasn't Mandarin. Me, but it was kind of like undergirding. It I was, was like, there. You I didn't... was like, you know, I see you, I recognize you, right? But you know, just wait, just wait. It'll just come out when it needs to come out Maybe and show I'm out. Gonna, I'm still not going to put you on the front yet. I'm just going to follow Mandarin right now mm-hmm. and business and business. Okay, because business made sense to me. It was like logistically right. My dad is a businessman, and um, I like stuck to the side growing up, um, specifically in construction. And so, like, I know that lingo, that terminology, working with contractors, just that whole business side. So that was kind of built in in me from just being around my dad. And so I was like, I'm good at business. I love numbers. I love, you know, trade. I love Mm -hmm. a good negotiation. Like, oh, and I love winning. (laughs) (laughs) Who doesn't? Right. So I followed followed those two. And I was like, and business seems logistically right to get to the dreams I have for myself. So I followed business and Mandarin going into school. And I was like, fashion, you just, you might just be a hobby Mm -hmm. uh, that I found a little bit later in my years and we're just going to have to see it through. But going into school now, um, I, so right. They didn't, like you were saying, they didn't really have a fashion program because I wasn't looking for it in the first place. Yeah. So it was a liberal arts school. They really, you know, they're about the fundamentals. Right. The theory. They're trying to make sure learning for the sake of learning. Person. Discussion. Lots of discussion and seminar courses where you're just exactly. talking about concepts, not necessarily exactly. actively exactly. practicing what you hope to be right. doing. And then like back then, like the hit lingo to like get people who didn't have um who didn't see themselves fitting at the school because of a program that was missed, they would say, Oh, you can tailor we'll tailor things to you or you can create your own major. They that's always what, give that to you. They give you those two sentences. It's now. available to you, yeah, we like, promise. You There's a wide range. Your own, but boy, it ain't there. I, try, I wouldn't try to. <laughs> I wouldn't try to air quote create my own. Yeah, and I I created <laughs> I my own. I felt as though I did, but I it's was difficult. Right around campus, like a chicken with my head. Cut. <laughs> you know, you get all these signatures and stuff. Right to have a major approved for yourself. It's create. not that deep. It's not, it ain't worth it. So I let that. I really came in like I'm gonna be a triple major with fashion in there. Mm mm. No, I said, again, I'm going to have to put her to the back burner because right now, but it was great. Even though you it put it to so the great. back burner, though, were, were there moments where you still I, were I, living out did, that dream for fashion? Yes. Yeah, so this is what I'm proud to say is I didn't ignore her. It's a her. Fashion is a her. Yeah. In my head. Period. Um, I didn't ignore her. I, I still, anything I did, if I could find some way or some angle of fitting fashion into what I was doing, which was business, um, economics and finance and, um, East Asian studies, if I could find a way to fit fashion in there, I did. And yeah. so I think that carried me, um, especially in like academia sense. I did like thesis papers that was on economics and finance, but with the focus on fashion. And by doing that, I I got fashion, I got to get comfortable with fashion. Right. I got and you got to see how fashion intersected the other things really you were interested it. in. Yeah. yeah. And I'm, I'm here I am. I really do love it. And so again, Back to the like writing story. Yeah, it might not even be writing story. It's kind of like finding the story, like your own personal story. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. you're, you're... it was written, and yeah. now we're just refining it after going through that high school phase. Right, high school, college. college. Right, right, right. Um, and then like finding the pieces and remembering, thinking really hard back to it'd be like the simplest moments where how you responded to something or 
how what you were doing at a certain moment what excited you in a moment like that you were hiding away from your parents or it can be in those little moments that you can get a glimpse of who you actually are right and then you have to decide to like you were saying trust it trust it go with it it. and the sooner you trust it and go with it i feel like the sooner you'll get to that that success that you so badly want for yourself exactly and so gotta jump in right and so I, i sometimes look at these people who are successful at such a young age I wonder if they just, they were following and trusting at such a younger age, you know? Right. And like, therefore, we're just seeing a result that's coming out at early stages right. of their life. And lives. it seems like it's happening overnight, no, but, but it's, it's simply not. not. Like it never they, is. They really do trust their niche. Right. And so I found mine in college. And so mm-hmm. that's what I'm kind of trusting. So right. now that I... And you cultivated it on your own. Because I want to get back to how you, you had those different interests. You were interested in Mandarin. You said you were talking about business. Those are two yeah, things that guided you. And then there's hard. fashion that's undergirding it. That's Relating hard. to me, just thinking about my liberal arts education yeah. experience, for media at this university, at Claremont McKenna College in Claremont, California, near Los Angeles, mm-hmm. they have a media studies program, but it's just so heavily focused on the theoretical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And for me, I knew that I wanted to have a program where I could actually be practicing it, what I wanted to be doing, which was specifically photography at the time. But there was also another interest, and that interest is marketing. And I knew that those two worlds sometimes overlap, but not necessarily always. They, they, they have some, some similarities. And so throughout, there was also another interest of data, which we talked yeah. about in the first episode. And those, when you talk about photography, marketing, and data, they don't seem like they align. They don't seem like they have an intersection. But you were talking about your thesis paper. You were talking about some of the extracurriculars. I definitely remember moments in my experience at university where I actively had to tailor assignments that were given to me to the portfolio that I wanted to build for myself. It said, okay, maybe for one of my data science classes, I had to analyze a data set. I made sure that that data set came from like an e-commerce marketing brand. Mm -hmm. And that way it would be me gaining experience in what I wanted to be doing later down the road after graduating Mm -hmm. while still fulfilling that assignment. And so just always throughout the process picking moments to bring work that society. work yeah work within the bounds Don't that are given to you pressure you into something else right rather than man- just make yourself maneuver in a yeah. way like okay i see you want me to be this way but yeah. i have this interest and i'm going to ingrate her in exactly there's like there's a boundary and that yeah. boundary is the university that's the majors that you have access to that's the clubs that you have access to that's the professional experience whatever but within those picking and choosing what serves you and how you can still live out that younger self if that younger self your your inner self exactly Mm -hmm. and just using that you said you had a guiding light of mandarin letting that guide you and even though you get to that destination it might not have everything that you wanted Mm -hmm. finding ways to tailor that thing tailor the experience and by finding the one piece you can then find more pieces so that's kind of we are now i'm super grateful to where we are at this given moment that we have a lot of pieces collected. We do. Amongst the two of us. And so we now, complement each other really well yeah, too with our interests. That's the that's the uh, how it works of it is like you then start to attract like minded people. You yeah. start to attract those who are on like similar wave patterns or like on same page and you meet that's when you meet these Dope and when you're not people. honest with yourself, you can't attract those you people. Can't. You simply can't and because you're, you're like entertaining them and you ain't really. You're not, and you're tired. You're and tired. The energy's dogs. low. Right. It's it not authentic. Never, yeah, human connection should never feel like that. The At all. It does, now my tolerance level is so low. It has to be. I can't even perform. We're busy. <laughs> We're busy. You got right. things to it's get done. A, a, mm, or yeah, yeah, yeah. And if it's a mm, then it's time to. Mm. <laughs> 
So do yeah, no, yeah. literally deuces. And there there were certainly moments where thinking back to undergrad <laughs> where I just I would be in conversation with people, professors or people in different departments who didn't see my vision. And I think in those moments, I'm just like, okay, that's yeah. cool. You don't see the vision, but I see it. And so just no, hearing no, hearing no, mm-hmm. and proceeding anyway. Yeah. I'm going to get this done with or without <laughs> you regardless. Yeah, I'm laughing because that was another thing. You then have to get confidence in those pieces that you find of yourself. Right. That society and isn't affirming and validating. Yeah, because again, like I didn't believe fashion could get me there. So going into those offices and... Um, pitching my ideas for these theses um, that like I think maybe I can do a fashion angle that was hard for me that was very nerve-wracking it can be intimidating yeah so like it was very intense trying to explain I'm laughing because because that's real those are real emotions yeah because I didn't I, I still didn't clearly know but I knew a couple things and I just was following them right so now I'm at a place where I can confidently say, okay, it's fashion, it's business, and it's Mandarin, right? But uh, there was a time where I didn't. But when you come out confidently about it, then people can see you. They can see you for who you are. And like that's that's when I started more people also started to help me yeah. and guide me to Along figure the out the unknown story that I was trying to write. Because if you're not honest with what you want for yourself professionally, personally, then the people who are also interested in that and who could maybe send you a lending right. hand, they don't know that that's they what you're can. actually interested exactly. in. And so they can't assist you on you your journey. You wake up one day and like write this story that isn't you and be like, dang. I wasted all that time. And I'm not happy. Yeah. I, that's... That's my, that's a nightmare for me. That's the that's biggest my, fear. I, just waking up and doing something every day that is not meant for me. Yeah. Cool. That's totally. a lot. That's it's heavy. A, it's heavy. It's heavy, mm-hmm. especially when you have people depending on you, when mm-hmm. you're not just working for yourself solely. Yeah. You, you have family members, you have siblings, you have whoever else is, is connected to your journey or whoever else you're working for. Exactly. And so there's that pressure, mm-hmm. I guess, good and bad. Mm-hmm. It motivates you, but... You don't want to just waste the moment. Right. So after now, we found most of our story. It's still changing. It's still changing. Like currently, always. Every time I read an article, I'm like, oh, that's something I can add. That's something that can make me. And it's this process. And now I can believe. I used to not believe in the term everyone is unique. I used to be like, that is for the birds. (laughs) Um, No, like there, like there's how can everyone be so unique? I've, fully believe in that just from experiences from constantly refining ourselves and having various like an array of niches and likings like you were saying like the data Mm -hmm. the science the photography all of those are very like some people would think oh my god that's all over the place no that's what makes you unique exactly and bring something to the table and bring in a different angle that is going to be super vital for a company. And exactly. that, that is like, I... <laughs> right? Thank like, you, appreciate it, um, same for you. But <laughs> we're currently always changing, right? So now I, I'm in this phase of refining, mm-hmm. um, getting even more specific. And when I came out of college, I had my resume, I was sending it into a couple places. And uh, this one lady was such, so nice. She said, I'll pass your resume over to um, like a council member in like the trade sector here in DC. And I was like, thank you. 
Um, and she said he's actually in charge of looking at resumes and, you know, going through a pile of resumes from different college students mm -hmm. and figuring out who is the right fit for which department I was applying for, um, international trade and commerce. Right. And I was like, okay, that's great. That's great. She gets back and he gives me a couple of feedback and you know what he had to say? What's up? You're not specific. You're I all over like, the place. I thought I knew my story. Yeah. I thought I was, I'm pretty specific. It's, and then I looked at my resume and I caught myself, you know, what I'm saying right now, like being confident in who you are and what you want to do specifically. I wasn't giving that in my objective. I put, um, I kept it very vague. I said, um, I'm, I want to do trade. I want MP. to, and, and I'm, you know, specifically in East Asia region yeah. and I want to help, um, facilitate transactions with investment firms. That's what I said. Right. And he said, that's not specific. And at first I was like, what? Like, I, I feel like I'm specific enough and I can't be too specific because then I can't be, you know, versatile for all these different positions that I'm applying for. Exactly. But I sat down with it. I let it resonate with me a little bit longer. And I was like, he he's actually right. You know, I'd rather be so spot on specific so I can, the right position for me will come rather than putting myself out there to so many different things mm -hmm. and like. Then, and maybe it's not a good fit. Maybe that. So are you specific enough with yourself? Right. Like, again, back to that confidence in your story. I, I Knowing wasn't... what you want. Yeah. But also I think there is the element of being vague, right? You might. You... I thought it would just make me more sellable, but it wasn't. Uh -huh. I thought it would make me like, oh, so she could do this, this and this. Right. You no, know, it was just like, okay, now what, what do you are do? You good what at? are you good at? Yeah. Exactly. But I think, I guess, okay, so there's a balancing act then. Because you want yeah. to have, you don't want to just pigeonhole yourself into something exactly. and limit yourself. If you have because all these other things, young, right? we're so like, young. That's the point. Be, hold on. There's so aren't much we to do. To an experience, right? Like, aren't, isn't that what y'all are telling me I need? That's the, that's, that's what I'm hearing. That's what I remember hearing. And so I'm just trying to get anything right now, just to get my foot in the door, right? so that <laughs> I can learn friend. all these other avenues exactly. that and exist. And then you're telling me I need to be specific. Again, I'm still on this journey of finding my story, finding the pieces. Right, and you shouldn't rush it either. Refining myself, right. And so for him, to, it, that's why it was a little frustrating because I was like, I I thought I was already a pretty specific person and then now that. So, but yeah, looking at it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do another round. I'm going to make it more specific right. and I'm going to state exactly what I'm doing. Um, but I wanted to take some time a little bit to really reside with it. Um and to just live a little bit more just to live. too, right? You yeah, can't. Just you a brief can, period. Yeah, just to take the feedback, sit yeah. with it, and then think it over, and yeah. then hone in on exactly it is what you want to do. Right. You have other things that you're working on that you weren't working on back back exactly. then. So, so, like, so mm -hmm, that was about six months ago, and I, yeah, we started this project. I'm starting a couple of projects. I'm starting my website. I'm on a mission to be specific. That was kind of the message I took after you know, the first round of applying to a couple positions, I'm on this mission to be specific, but I don't know what that looks like. And I struggle with it. You know, since <laughs> I don't know what it looks like, let me step back for a second. And sometimes stepping back is good. Instead of trying to force some more specificity about yourself. Out, yeah. I, I didn't want to force it. I didn't want to force like, oh, I think it's too early. I think it's too early it's to do that. I have, so, I have so many interests. Yeah. 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 Offended. I think that's the right emotion sometimes to feel because especially you just having graduated, both of us, you, you they told us to get the experience. <laughs> you get, you are applying and you're telling them that this is what I'm interested in. And that interest is what you're hoping will carry you yeah. through in that moment. But I can remember numerous times where similar situation to you where I'm submitting the resume and it somehow backfires because of the generalization. Mm -hmm. But I also want to talk about the other perspective of 
having multiple talents and multiple skills, which mm-hmm. you do, which we both do, and how that has worked for me. Specifically, mm-hmm. talking about earlier, I was talking about my freelance opportunities that are coming in. Mm-hmm. I majored in math and I majored in media, and I also have skills in photography and marketing. Mm-hmm. And for this recent gig that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be doing a lot of fashion marketing with this AI image processing company. And they really liked my diversity with my quantitative, qualitative, and creative skill sets. And that's a wide range of interests, but that's an example of how it can work in your favor. And sometimes being too specific might not- Are you pretty specific? Are you saying all of that? I do. Or do you gener- Okay, see, I maybe do. I'm, I'm not. So I'm going to, I'll let you guys know. I'll check back in. Yeah. I'm going to take that in. I'm going to be really specific mm-hmm. and then maybe let them generalize me. Wait for the interview moment. To speak to, to then be like, yeah. this is my specific niche, but I'm good because of this niche. I've developed so many different talents yeah. in these areas, yada, yada, yada. And then I can generalize myself. So maybe it needs to be flipped. Somehow. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to take that in. And it's it changes from role to role too. Okay. I think- just reviewing whatever application you're applying for, whatever program, whatever job you're hoping to pursue, mm-hmm. I think you have to switch it up and tailor it for that exact for that exact position because it's yeah. going to vary from person to person. Yeah. You, you never know what type of personality is going to be sitting across from you yeah, in, we, in the yeah. interview. In terms of tailoring it for each position, yeah, I was doing that, but I, you know, I generally kept my objective the same. Right. But yeah, I'm, I'm going to take that in. Mm-hmm. So... I'm in the midst of that right now, trying to get more specific in my story. Yeah. That is my current chapter. Uh, I think that was a moment that made me realize I'm not done and it's never going to actually be done. Right. Um, college was just the beginning. Of course. Of that. <laughs> and so what about you? How is your writing story, finding story going mm-hmm. in this current Phase. Yeah, yeah. When I, I was listening to you give your answer just about the being very general, I think for me... I'm all over the place with my interests and I know that I am and I do want to get more specific, but I don't want to, I don't want to rush it. You know, I feel there was a moment where moving here to DC, I had an opportunity to assist a photographer on a fashion shoot. It was a great opportunity, but it didn't happen. And that was really a chance for me to kind of get in first step to, to doing what I see myself doing professionally in one avenue And so that didn't happen. And so I said, okay, it just wasn't the moment. It wasn't the season for it. And I haven't really been doing a lot of photo shoots lately, but I've been working on other things. And in my head, sometimes I'm hard on myself because I know that photography is something that I see myself doing consistently long term. But when that, I guess we can say setback occurred, it felt, I felt pressure I felt pressure because there was an to opportunity like speed to speed up. I wasn't moving quickly enough. Yeah. And so on my in writing my personal journey, I, I felt as though that was a, an obstacle. And I was just working internally, just having conversations with, with myself, telling myself, it's it's okay. You know, that's just that's just one opportunity. There's going to be another one. There's gonna be many others. And so finding the time and, and the maintaining the commitment to and, the vision. And figuring out your cadence. Yeah, I want to harp on that because, again, that remark was about three months ago when we first moved to DC. It was pretty early, and so I felt that what you were saying—that pressure Mm -hmm. to okay get back to him as soon as possible and respond with my specific resume. Yeah, (laughs) but 
in that moment we were just moving and all that stuff, I was tired. I was really tired. So it actually kind of just faded. (laughs) (laughs) And you got to honor that sometimes. You got to honor your body when it's telling you to rest, sit down. Right. But I... I really was hard on myself. I was saying, you should have already responded back to him. You should already know you need to come. Like, he gave you some insight. Get back to him. Right. Like, we have to, this is this is fast. Yeah. No, I'm very happy that I, I think, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what got me to slow down, to be honest. It must have been the move, just being sleepy, moving boxes yeah. and doing all of that. And I just decided, you know what? <laughs> It's just not right now. And so, but I, I let the remark follow me in my mind. So I'm really, when I truly say I'm just sitting with it and my cadence is slow with it, letting time to think on it, I'm going to respond with something a lot better than if I would have responded then. Right. You know, because sometimes you don't rush your story. That's that's where I'm trying to go with this. That that part. Don't rush it. Um, and in the meantime, I just directed my energy towards other things like this right. project exactly. Um, and like my website. And I already feel like I'm coming up to that answer now. We're coming into January. And I'm like, I think I can get back with him now and rewrite that objective. And I'm, I want that for you. I'm excited I see now. that. You've got lots to say. We've been I'm busy. Lots. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes also just to, when you receive opportunities or whenever, like there's, there's a professional opportunity, we place pressure on ourselves to, to get back immediately, right? And sometimes you don't want to come across as rude, right? Because it's an opportunity that someone is extending to you. And so maybe just saying, you know what? Thank you for this. Yeah. I really am interested. Asking for the time. Asking for the time. Maybe I should have I should have responded. And don't be afraid about how they might react to yeah. you asking for that time. Because yeah. that that's, for me, that's difficult because right. I don't like asking for help. Right. That's one of my toxic traits. Right. Right. <laughs> but I am trying to work on that <laughs> and get better at that. Mm-hmm. And be honest with myself about, I need, I just need a moment. Or right now, this project that you're, telling me that you want to collaborate on. Yeah. It sounds really interesting, it's but it's just not the season. It's not the moment. Yeah. Okay. So I'm, I'm happy. It was a connection through another person. So I said back to the lady, um, okay, thank you so much for this feedback. Um, I'll get back to you once we're settled into DC. And that's where we left off. So I'm glad that was, but I could have even went further and said, I just need a little bit more time. But I, pr- I got to practice that. I got mm-hmm. to practice that coming here. Uh, I applied for a job. Right. (laughs) You did. I felt like I needed to respond to them immediately after getting the position and say, Hey, um, like I, this is it. Like in the, within the interview of them telling me, okay, this is how much we're going to pay you. Yada, yada. I felt like I needed to say yes right then. Um, but as scary as it was for me, um, I said, can I please have like two days to think on it? Y'all might be like, girl, (laughs) girl, like you were just asking for two days to sleep on it real quick. No, that was a lot for me. I felt like I had to say yes or no right then. Um, But by just doing that, I gave myself two days to think and process it. And then I got to realize that it was not for me. It wasn't for you. (laughs) And I'm so glad. I'm grateful. did not say, yes, I'm ready. I think there's this pressure as well, like turning into an adult. (laughs) Right. I still haven't processed that I'm an adult yet. I haven't either. I feel like. I have a responsibility to still say yes, ma'am, or to be really quick with my response and to tell a person everything, you know, like, right. you know, like when you're a kid and you're like, what did you do? And you have to tell them everything. Right. I feel like I'm still obligated. There you go. I'm still obligated to give them an answer right. and to report to them as if they're my, my higher or higher than yeah. me. And so with that feeling, I felt like I had to say yes or no. Um, as if I was reporting to like a parent. 
and now I'm really it's so freeing when I'm, you realize that you yeah, don't have like, to. Right, right, they don't adult. own you. you know, You're an adult, that's right? That's you don't need to know anything. In fact, wait on <laughs> wait on it. Wait I'll get back to you when I'm ready. I'm gonna get back. And I'm not ready. And I'm not ready. So you're not about to receive and, a response uh, from me. Two days later. I don't, <laughs> I don't want the position. Thank you so much. Sorry. Right. <laughs> Super so, simple, yeah. clean, and that's a wrap. <laughs> exactly. Uh-huh. Exactly. So writing your story it comes with a couple of different approaches. Finding your cadence with it. Trusting the pieces that you do get. Right. And um, going with it. And then being okay with, in the moment, just giving it time to grow. As right. Well. And, and then, then when you feel like you know it's has grown so much yeah so much more being humble in the sense that there's so much more to do exactly yeah and just trusting going back to trusting your inner self just reflecting on what you were doing at a adolescent age thinking Mm -hmm. about those passions and then bringing them forward and just being unapologetic right and authentic with that pursuit and piecing those puzzles together, together along the way to create your syllabus this is a new version yeah of a syllabus it is i'm we're still in school, baby. Yeah. Like, I think... It doesn't change. I still see things in, like, semesters. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, we're in fall semester. What am I supposed to be doing? What are my assignments? We don't have a syllabus anymore from, like, a teacher saying, this is what you're going to be working on. This is what you're going to be growing on. This is what you're going to be reading. This is how often you're going to be doing it. We don't have that list anymore. So, now that we have the responsibility for to write out our own syllabus for this semester, yeah. it can be kind of overwhelming and so because there's no guidelines there's it's none. so freeing there's it's none. all about what you're interested in exactly. and just collecting that into and one whole like one exactly. holistic experience for yourself yeah and figuring out like your cadence and in college everyone is on the same pace you have assignments due at the exact same time projects with the exact same time presentations all report by monday you know um and now you have to you get to you know create your own and create your own deadlines for yourself so don't put so much pressure it doesn't have to be it's a blank canvas Mm -hmm. to be honest and that's a great that's liberate for me it's freeing it's liberating because there was not a lot of structure for what I actually wanted to pursue and so now I have I have Instagram I have the internet I have people that we meet here in DC that I can use to create my own personal experience and my own personal story and narrative Mm -hmm. and it is sometimes possible when you're in university but it's not as accessible at least from my experience because there's assignments that are due there's other things that you're worried about maybe you're working two jobs I know I was working when I was in university and that took up a buttload of my time and so bills and not to say that you don't have bills now because you're adulting we got bills to pay we got errands to run and so on top of that there's those added elements that you have to account for and so really time management I think is a big thing for myself but not time management in the way like i don't want people to think like oh that means you know keep a binder right this time this is for this this is for this is for this time management in like i want to say emotional management emotional time management i'm gonna switch it up because if there's some days where i feel like i need to finish this this and this on a certain day but i'm tired yeah and i that's another thing i'm having to learn with writing my own story is letting myself rest yeah. so that I can be productive the next day. So it's like emotional management yeah. so that you can be your best self and put forth your best effort and get the best turnout you can for, you know, whatever you're, for whatever you're hoping to pursue yeah. later down the road. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't, then the output isn't going to be what you want it to be. Mm-hmm. And then you're kind of in that cycle of not being happy with mm-hmm. the moment and not being happy with with your life, with your personal, with the personal outcomes. Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's not the way that you want to live the aftergrad moment. Right. You want it to be exciting, thrilling, yeah. spontaneous at moments. Mm-hmm. And 
your syllabus that you write for yourself should also follow those those emotional ups and downs too as we you know people who are in school right now they're getting into the thick of it they are um, it's final season it's final season yeah. um huh, do not miss that not at all <laughs> but um don't compare really like don't look this is for people who are in school and out of school right now i, I just have a question for you let's talk out school right now yeah you know, this is after grad but do you ever look to your side and look you know, on Instagram and think, dang, like, I actually need to be there right now. Mm -hmm. Do you look at someone else's story and, like, it kind of affects the feelings of your own? Oh, a lot. And, I, yeah, I guess I, I really hate that that's a reality for myself, but I'm just... And I'm getting better at it because hey. in the past, it was an unhealthy amount. I would be looking on Instagram. I would be looking at just other people and seeing the success and... It can be a lot of pressure, I think, to, to see other people, especially people who are in your field. For me, that's kind of what I'm thinking about when I'm comparing myself mm -hmm. to others. You know, I'm thinking of photographers. I'm thinking of marketers who I look at and I look up to in some sense and see what they're doing. And I know that I can get there and I know that I will get there, but I'm not there currently. And so going back to how building your syllabus right now, there's so many options and with so many options, you kind of have to wonder if the choice that you're making is going to push you to that next level of, of success that you want for yourself. I think that with those opportunities, you don't see the, the success come immediately. And for me, that's something that I need to work on a little bit because I need to trust the process just a little bit more. I am trusting the process, but to be more comfortable with the journey that's what I really want to work on so that I know that when I wake up and the projects that I'm working on, this podcast, my images, that I don't need to necessarily see the the outcome. I don't need to see the likes. I don't need to see the comments. I don't need to see the, the praise. I just need to lock in. And that passion is there. But I have to be honest with myself and address the societal pressures, the the lack of the lack of praise that kind of bites at your your or just trusting your timing trusting the timing yeah, yeah trusting the timing of course but also when i'm comparing to others and seeing how others might be receiving praise for the work that they're doing and you in your head see yourself also doing the same work mm -hmm. and that praise not being reciprocated mm -hmm. that's another element that i somehow face and want to be honest with myself here on this podcast about about that emotion that comes up and so working on it getting better and for me I think a pivotal moment just in this aftergrad moment for myself is just leaving my internship because that was something that I could have never seen myself doing when I was in university you know I very much like money and want to make sure that I can pay my bills and have an <laughs> income yeah. and so quitting that. yeah that'll that'll be another topic soon episode. we'll be talking about money and all mm -hmm. the elements that come with it mm -hmm. but it can be there can be that pressure right with making a huge decision to quit to quit something but also to quit a job because there's that money that's the pressure that I felt and so just trusting that that decision was going to allow me to do something later down the road. And it is, there's so much time that I now have to pursue other things that I was interested in. And so for me, just being happy with that, being happy that I trusted myself to make that tough decision to quit the internship, to free up some of my time so that I can continue 
pursuing my personal syllabus that I wanted for myself. So in essence, even like when seeing someone else's story and they might be, you know, doing the exact same thing that you are and there it's seemingly like there's more success coming their way. You're finding confidence in the current moment that you're getting through in the current battle, not battle necessarily, mm-hmm. but the decisions that you're making, the little um, steps that you're making, like just basically having faith in your timing. Yeah, okay. 100%. Faith in the timing, like you were saying, and trusting, trusting the process. And this isn't something that I need to work on because I'm really good about it. I love seeing other people succeed. That oh, hypes yeah. me up. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to get lost. I don't want to get lost in there mm-hmm. trying to compare. Sure. Yeah. For when sure. other people succeed, I'm here to hype it's them up. I love it. I love it. Double tap. Double tap. It's a reshare. All of that. No issue with that. Yeah. It's it's on a whole different spectrum. It's a different type of comparison. I don't think that someone else's success is going to impede my journey. It's not jealousy. It's just no. I don't know. Since we were it's a personal. Tennis, since we're both tennis players, I'm going to use this yeah. example. Um, like if you saw a player, a really good player, and like how she hit a ball a certain way, or like yes. how that down the line shot was just mm, yeah. so good. And you're like, ooh, that's good. I want to get mine there. I want that. I want that in my I'm arsenal. Gonna, I'm going to put it harder for this next tournament because I need, to, I need to have that. Right. I think it was. it's more coming from that angle, of not course. from the angle of... Mm, like oh she's doing good for herself yeah let's boo on her yeah. you know yeah I, let's yeah. not let, i don't want to like this post i right. don't want to share let me, her, not, like... let me not show that i actually think she's a dope person exactly no it's not this that is all uplifting yeah here. yeah for sure definitely definitely I do think... you have those emotions oh i like to lie to myself that i don't mm-hmm. because you know what's cool about living in the decade of tiktok and youtube and all that stuff is that you know you can be surrounded by a lot of inspirational speeches telling you to don't focus on what the other person's working on <laughs> trust what is meant for you right now and i'm like yeah i need to do that yeah. so i'm lying so sometimes i find myself lying to myself and i'm like oh i'm good yeah like, That's that. i'm good but no i have those moments i have those moments um when it's quiet and i'm thinking and i'm like i need to be a little bit more further along mm-hmm. um i think my does schedule, that serve as motivation should... for you a little bit do you think yeah it yeah. pushes me okay because so it does for me extent, to, to an extent yeah. it's healthy um and again that's where like when we were talking earlier about mental health it's just in me being able to take in things slower mm-hmm. now as they come and process it a little bit and have be comfortable with that yeah that's huge for me in finding that balance between using it as fuel mm-hmm. to speed up and to get things done right but not using it as a or not letting it be a source of toxic toxic ways coming in or toxic thoughts, yeah. thinking that I'm supposed to be here when I'm really here. There's a balance because mm-hmm. it can work for you or it can work against you. Yeah. Um, and that comes down to, I really think, the mentality. mental yeah. and emotional mm-hmm. um, well-being. And yeah. so that's why it's very essential, guys, to... Trust the timing. Yeah, trust the timing. I like what you said. Being healthy so that you can, you know, and whatever that looks like for you, Mm -hmm. so that you can feel comfortable in trusting the timing because it can be an uncomfortable process. Yeah. You could be looking at other people like, yeah, I see them growing and I'm not growing, but I know that's not my timing, but I feel weird in this moment, but I'm able to Like, what am I doing? What am I doing to progress like they're progressing? And I think the moral of the story is just being able to ask that question without feeling a detriment to yourself that you're not seeing the same success as someone else just accepting the fact that you haven't had your moment and it's bound to come soon i think also figuring out what you need to do outside of like the Mm -hmm. things that to-do list right on like creating your story 
figuring out the things you can do in the meantime to make this moment comfortable. Yeah. So I feel like for us, it's been, I'm going to speak for me. It's working out. It's going on those walks. It's eating right. It's journaling. Um, it's watching an interview. These are my versions of making this moment comfortable um, so that I can enjoy this present state as I work on my story and as I wait for my moment to come. Hmm. Um, so figuring out those things as well that make you comfortable. I like watching interviews. I like watching interviews and I also like watching just TV shows, but specifically the interviews. I like watching people that I look up to mm-hmm. and watching how they behave yeah. and how they answer questions and the wisdom that they have to give. And so I'm thinking of one person. I'm thinking of Issa Rae. <laughs> Season five is upon <laughs> us. It's almost closing the series. And oh, so I've been weird. watching a lot of interviews yeah. with Issa and she really, when I'm listening to her speak, she really just brings me a lot of comfort mm-hmm. because I resonate a lot with her personal story, having graduated from Stanford, now creating mm-hmm. a, a show that is super successful and impactful for the black community. Mm-hmm. And so for me, having not idols, but people that inspire me, mm-hmm. like Issa, mm-hmm. succeeding and me being able to watch their success and somehow participate in it by watching the show mm-hmm. and learning from her mistakes, her successes, brings me a lot of peace mm-hmm. on my journey. Mm-hmm. And having her not as a blueprint, but just as a person that's doing it, that's actively yeah. living their aftergrad moment yeah. and me being able to take pieces of her story and occasionally apply it to myself and just learn, learn from someone who's, who's doing it, yeah. who's out here in an industry that's not, I'm not interested in pursuing right now currently, mm-hmm. but I see traits right. of her and myself. Yeah. And that really just goes back to writing your own syllabus because it's not already written. You have to do the work to, to find what the the items on that list look like and it's going well so far and there's ups and downs to it for sure but i'm happy i'm happy with where i'm at in the moment and i'm just gonna continue to ride this wave and see see where it takes me moving forward i think that's that's beautiful yeah look at this growth (sighs) do y'all feel like you've grown yeah from this conversation? I know I have. I did. I've had a had lot a to think about, actually. Yeah. After we close this out, I really do need to sit by myself for a moment and just <laughs> ponder and, and think things over. Because I really... Then that's the moment of gratitude. Gratitude, and yeah. That's, that's what I feel like that's an essential piece as well that people forget, is to look back and be thankful for yourself. Yeah. Or thankful for that other person or thankful for that moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I'm that's, grateful that's for what you. I'm feeling. I'm grateful for you. Too. But yeah, I that's again why we started After Guide. hundred percent. So we can have this moment right now at the end of the episode. It's yeah. Like, ah. That aha moment that it's gonna be okay. Yeah. That we're doing exactly what we should be doing exactly. and learning day by day mm-hmm. what this crazy uncertain period looks like mm-hmm. and. It's great, again, that we have each other throughout this journey to just hype each other up, to check in with each other. And honestly, I think that that's part of it, too. I I was I know we're trying to close this episode out, but then another thought came to me (laughs) and stay with us. Yeah, stay with us, please, because it's important. I was talking about how V and I, we've been in D.C. and we're hustling, we're working on ourselves and it can be a little bit lonely And one thing for me that I want for myself is to surround myself with a team, with a crew of creatives who are like-minded, who see big dreams for themselves. And when you move places, 
you're starting over. You're kind of building yeah. that syllabus. You're building your life from scratch almost. You don't really have a support network if you're moving to a place you've never been before. Dude, I have a high. <laughs> <laughs> I like popping up a new spot. I do too. Like, I, I do too. Who I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you don't know who I am. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah, it's a chance to just recreate yourself if yeah. that's what you're looking for. It's a chance to start over, meet new people. That's all beautiful. And I love each and every moment of it. But then there's that other element when you're in the thick of it, you're in the hustle, you're in the grind period. And for me, I often wonder, okay, what's everyone else doing? Not in a sense of comparing, but just who else is out there who can join this team? Mm -hmm. Because that's what I want to build, a team. But in the midst of COVID, you know, we can't, the outreach is kind of limited at this time. It can be. That's why this channel just gives me so much joy, genuine joy that we get to extend it through this podcast. So we hope you enjoyed we this hope you episode enjoy. of writing your syllabus. Yes, building your own life. Out. Yeah, I hope all is going well. This is, you know, we're coming into the new year. New so year season. Maybe it's looking like a new syllabus coming up very soon and you can agree or disagree with some of the things we said or take in consideration as you begin your next syllabus, your new syllabus. I know I'm. it's most likely going to be a new syllabus for me. Yeah. And that's another thing is being comfortable knowing that... Tossing a syllabus. Exactly. <laughs> Tossing. No, being okay real. with writing that You're syllabus, real. building it and together, and then being like, you know what? It's <laughs> just not for me. <laughs> it's time for something new. Turn it no, off. Really, yeah. Because I will say with moving here, yeah. I thought that the things that were working for me in Dallas would be working for me here. Mm-hmm. And so I was... I know the girls that are tuning in at this exact moment in the video are like, wait, didn't they say write your own syllabus? And now we're saying toss that syllabus out. They're like, but "But we're going to get to it. Go ahead. Go ahead. Just very briefly. Very briefly. I can sum this up real quick. I thought the syllabus that was working for me when I was in Dallas was going to be the thing that works for me here. I had a specific job. I was going to transfer it over. I was working on blah, 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 blah. And I was going to continue that. Um, I had some projects, ideas in my head that I started a little bit in Dallas and I wanted to continue here. And moving here, the first month, I was so stuck on getting it to fit, getting it to get it right so that the story can start writing, right? And then it wasn't working. And so I had to come to that realization and we'll harp on this more later about, but yeah, sometimes you got to rewrite it. Rewrite it. And sometimes it's not everything is for every season. Again, we have spring semester, we have fall semester, we have summer. Be okay with rewriting something and, you know, making it for where you're at or where you're going. Um, right. And it's not a setback. It's, it's not a it's setback not a to setback. toss it out, to In realize fact, that something's not for you. that's when you find something new about yourself. That's when you find a different angle. And so tossing it too. Yeah. Write it. Toss it. If, it, if it's not working, think about tossing it because mm-hmm. the new year is here. Right. Um, it's a month upon us. Right. But in the spirit of closing out this episode, again, thank you guys for tuning in with us. Yes. If you enjoyed this episode, definitely be sure to connect with us on Instagram at the Aftergrad Podcast. We also have a visual version on our YouTube there. You can subscribe, like, or comment. We appreciate all the love and we just pray forward in your journey. And yeah. We'll see you next time. This is the Aftergrad Podcast. Podcast. <laughs> Period. <laughs>